before we get into this bonus episode, I just want to say a quick thank you to everyone that supported me over the past few weeks for this uh, series that I've done called A Blind Insight. Um, I've enjoyed talking to some fascinating people and just listening to their stories. If you are new here and this is your first podcast of mine that you listen to, then welcome. Um, be sure to go and check out those episodes with the people basically different stories and they have visual impairments or blindness in some shape or form. Um, and yeah, it goes from Nina Chesworth, who just has kind of your almost your everyday story, but it's so unique and just fascinating to listen to if you're not that knowledgeable in the you know the visual impairment spectrum um and then i go to carl coon who's a future paralympian um he's a triathlete who's done some pretty mental uh things and gone on some pretty cool adventures and then go on to summer brown who's a former british soldier who unfortunately suffered a injury um whilst he was out uh, in iraq and which led to him losing the majority of his sight so he has a fascinating and pretty inspiring story, to be honest, and I don't usually use that word often, um, really. Uh, and then I go on to Libby Clegg, who's a uh, three-time Paralympian, two-time gold medalist and silver medalist. Um, she's got a pretty fascinating story to tell. And then I go on to Robin Christopherson, who's biggest tech guy you'll ever meet <laughs> he's got he's got just a brain exploding of tech knowledge which is just fascinating if you're if you're into accessible tech and want to know how it works and the evolution of it then that's one for you and then i finally finished on friday with a two-time paralympian and paralympic uh, champion laura fatu is a tandem cyclist and also a, a very passionate cook so yeah if you're interested in that kind of stuff then get on that um, so yeah, let's make sure you subscribe and you follow to be notified when a future episode comes out, which will be over the next seven to ten days. So keep your eyes and ears peeled for that. And yeah, let's uh, let's get straight into this bonus episode. Hello and welcome to that Blind Eyes podcast. Today we have a bit of a, a different twist on the Blind Insight series that I've. Um, that I've done and this time we'll be speaking to someone who works with visually impaired and blind people and that is Gavin Neat. Gavin how are you? Uh, I'm great Jamie it's uh, superb to be joining you today and thanks very much for the invitation. No problem I did I did pronounce your surname right there didn't I? Yeah I've had, I've had a few different things Neat, Neatich, <laughs> Neat. <laughs> Neat. Yeah. a few times. And, and you're also the uh, the founder of Neatbox. So yeah, yeah, I am indeed. Uh, which which um, we'll, uh, we'll definitely get into later on. But I suppose first we could kind of start sort of at the beginning, really, of what, obviously, I don't know, if, was was it your plan to go in this direction and working with uh, disabled people more specifically, visually impaired or blind, or did you have other ideas when you was to... younger? Yeah, so when I was in, before I left school, I was wanting to be a chef and then I left school and my mum I remember the day very clearly my mum took me and I was living in Taunton I lived in Scotland most of my life but I was in Taunton at the time and uh, I'd been working at a cafe and my mum drove me into Taunton and took me to the RAF careers office I think she wanted me to find some career I was 16 and a half maybe 17 at the time and she said go in there and, and see if you can be a chef in the RAF 
And I was like, okay, cool. I just wandered in and went, hi there, I'd like to be a chef. And the guy by the counter, he said, uh, the counter, the desk, he said, we haven't got any positions for chefs just now, but how do you fancy being a policeman? And I went, uh, well, yeah, okay. <laughs> well, what about a dog handler? And I went, oh, no, I'd always, we'd always grow, I'd grown up with dogs. I was, my dad was a mountain rescue leader. We had dogs in the mountain rescue. I'd always loved dogs. And I went, oh, wow. Dog handler. He said, well, you have to be a policeman first and then you can specialize as a dog handler. So then I went, yeah, OK. And I walked out to my mum and I said, mum, I've just signed up for nine and a half years in the RAF as a dog police dog handler. And she went, I thought you were going to be a chef. <laughs> it was a bit of a strange start. But then that took me down the route of um, dogs. And I did that for 10 years. And then in the last two years of being in the military, I was based at RAF Lucas in um, Fife uh, and I started doing voluntary work for Guide Dogs for the Blind because it seemed like a, a cool charity. So I did voluntary work for them for a couple of years before I left the forces. And then at the end of my time in the forces, I thought, well, wouldn't it be good to join Guide Dogs and train Guide Dogs there? It seemed like a natural progression. Um, yeah. But when I applied for the job, um, they encouraged me to apply for the job of a Guide Dog Mobility Instructor, which is the person who trains the person how to use the dog. Okay. Which... To tell you the truth, was much more suited to me because I really I love dogs and they're great, but for me, I wanted to find a purpose to me being able to train them. Uh, and the purpose in the forces was bite people, whereas <laughs> the purpose of guide dogs was guide people. So that just seemed like wow, I'm going to train people how to use the dog. Yeah. That wow, yeah, that blew me away, and I did it for 18 years, and I loved it. Yeah. So was that was that just a case of? Obviously, yeah, different people who were applying for guide dogs, and then it got to the stage where they were able to use them. And you just, because I've done a couple of them myself, just training shoes, wasn't it? They do. It's quite, a, it's quite an intriguing thing to to be a part of, I think. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, the people would apply for the dog, and then you would carry out assessments with them to see what kind of dog suited them. What was the best dog for them? Speed, size, temperament, uh, trainability, the kind, of, the kind of work the dog was going to do, where it was going to be working, how often? Was it going to be in office all day? Would it be in busy streets or would it be in the countryside? Did it have a thing about cows or sheep or something? Was it good with livestock? Um, was it able to work in really busy conditions or did it like to sort of work in quieter conditions? Was it happy to go into an office and under a desk all day? So you then had to work out what type of dog you had, and then you had to t- you try to match that with the person who had all of the needs that that dog had the ability for, for, to fulfill. And then you would match them. It didn't always work out, but if you did good no. matching, then it did. Um, and then you would then pass the dog over to them. And I remember being somebody who liked dogs, a dog lover to a certain extent, but handing the dog over to the person, that was the last time I ever talked to the dog. It's the last time I touched the dog. It was the last time I praised the dog. It was the last time I communicated. And if I was a dog lover, I would have found that very difficult. But I actually found it really easy to pass the dog on to somebody because although I was attached to the dog in the way that I could train it and it loved me because I was its dad, um, I, it was very easy to then allow the guide dog owner to then bond with the dog and for the two of them to get on. And that was the beauty of it for me. I, I just wanted to see them walk off down the street together and go, yep, yeah, brilliant, independent. Yeah. I would walk away with a big smile on my face. It's, it's, I think it's, it's, it's different to say just having a pet dog, <laughs> having to give that away. You know, you're giving that guide dog to someone and most likely will change their life, to put it 
you know, yeah, and it's simple yeah, terms. And they do. And and some people they go from being um stuck indoors and really uh, lacking in confidence to getting out and doing stuff. And that isn't just about guide dogs. That's about all forms of independent mobility or even mobility when you're with somebody else, because it's about the confidence of being a human in your own right and knowing and believing and understanding that you have rights as an individual. And yeah. I, I, that takes it away from just the pleasant of being a dog trainer and it's then you're talking about human rights and the, that is the bit that I got really excited about I got really excited about the independence and equal human rights of that individual and I think that's why um, I really I, it was very easy for me to move towards Neatbox and having a company that that provided something more so much more mm. so what was uh what was your reason for um leaving guide dogs it was just purely just wanting a, a career change i suppose no, no not at all actually and, and the truth is that i would have stayed with guide dogs forever um when i joined guide dogs i wanted that to be the job for the rest of my life it's a it's a super job and and who would want to do it but um i think the moment came when i just started to get really excited about technology um I, not not initially initially i was just um interested but I would have people turning up to train with guide dogs and they would be writing a blog or they would have their mobile phone and they'd be playing a game or they'd be tending a text or an email and yeah. their phone was using voiceover and they were able to communicate. And I was like, wow, this is really cool. So I just learned more and more about technology. And then I started thinking, I wonder how that technology could be used to solve some of the problems that I had seen that blind and visually impaired people and my friends had had over the past few years. And of course, I had a quite a unique understanding of visual impairment and the lives of visually impaired people, but also increasing understanding of technology and the problems that people had from a distance. And, and that's where Neatbox came along. I, uh, to sort of preempt your question, I invented the world's first pedestrian crossing operated by smartphones. Uh, oh, wow. so, <laughs> so you stand next to the pedestrian crossing and your phone presses the button for you. But, oh, wow. That sounds amazing, but ultimately yeah. was, ah, oh, why is the button so far away from the best place to cross the road from? So if you're standing on the curb edge and you're on the tactile paving, the best place to start crossing from is in the middle of the tactile paving. Yeah. But of course, the poles are on the sides. They're at the, the periphery of the crossing, and sometimes they're set back away from the crossing. So you're nowhere near where you want to start crossing from. So I just thought, I wonder if the phone could press the button. And in 2011, um, I had invented the world's first pedestrian crossing operated by smartphones. That is, that's, that's kind of, that's funny because I've, I've actually never heard that before. And that's what, going back, what, 10 years? Almost? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was 10 years when I started it. But the, and you draw a, a, a good point there is the fact that it te you can't just invent something. If you sit in a shed and invent something and you're sitting there with the most amazing invention, well, nobody knows about it. Yeah. You can be the most intelligent person coming up with this amazing invention and you're just like, wow. And then you go, well, how do I tell the world? And it's taken ages to tell the world about this. It's only recently that we've started to really get loads of traction. We've just installed it in the whole town of Irvine up here in Scotland. Um, all of the crossings in Irvine are now operated by smartphones. That is, that's crazy. I think it, it falls into that conversation of everything just becoming smart. Don't you? Obviously, you've got your smart home that's become pretty big over the past couple of years and 
it's it's just expanding. I was like, like yeah, they're just out to you, you know, the streets pretty much, and it's so it's yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty incredible. It's just a matter of so what is that? It's just a matter of just pressing a button on your phone, and it does the same job as if you used to press yeah, the actual button. Actually, you don't. All you have to have is the app running. So you run the app on your phone, it goes back into your pocket or your bag, and then you get close to the crossing and it presses the button for you. So you don't even need to worry about pressing the button. And, and at this point, it's worth pointing out that this was not just for visually impaired people. We no. users, people with walking frames, elderly people, ooh, people who didn't want to press the button physically, which used to just be people who maybe had um, a phobia of catching germs. But now we all have a phobia of catching germs. <laughs> press the button so it became something so much bigger but had started out just on purely my understanding of well, i wonder if the phone could press the button and, yeah. and the phone stays in your pocket and it's a free app it's called button by neatbox b-u-t-t-o-n by n-e-a-t-e-b-o-x neatbox and you just download it and it's totally free uh, when, when that uh, makes its way down here which hopefully it does um <laughs> and that'll be uh, that'll be pretty cool to give it a try so how did um, Neatbox, uh, kind of, what was your first, you know, stage of that process? Yeah, well, it's difficult because I hadn't, I wasn't a businessman. I was predominantly a dog trainer, well, guide dog mobility instructor. I, I had left school without any qualifications, really, um, and um, so we wanted to be a chef, uh, and I didn't understand business. So the last 10 years have really been me understanding what business is and how you build a business. Now I've got a, a good business with, with staff and, and uh, products and all the rest of it. But at the start, I just didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and I started Neatbox not because I wanted a company, uh, but because I could get help from Business Gateway. In Scotland, we've got an organization called Business Gateway, and, and that's part of Scottish Enterprise. And they will support you if you're come, trying to come up with a business idea. But I remember at that point, I didn't want to leave Guide Dogs. I was quite happy being in Guide Dogs, and I was quite happy being a mobility instructor. But I started the company purely so that I could get some help. And uh, that was in 2011. And it wasn't until 2015 that I actually even left Guide Dogs. So I was still with Guide Dogs from 2011 to 2015 when I left, and then the company properly started. Okay, so the, the company's been going for what? How many years now? Is it 2011? So that's what eight, uh, nine, nine, nine years. Yeah. Nine years so, what was? Did you have like a a blueprint, I suppose, of what you wanted Netbox to be? Was there a bigger picture for it? No, there wasn't at all, Jamie. I, I just wanted to I just wanted to press the button at pedestrian crossings. <laughs> I didn't even want a company. I had no intention of having a company. Uh, if you'd have asked me at the start what I wanted to do, I'd have said, well, I want to do this. I want somebody to buy it. And then for me to just go back to being a mobility instructor. No intention. But I realized that there was nobody going to buy it. It was a bit like inventing something that nobody knew everybody needed. Mm. Uh, so therefore, I realized that a lot of the hard work I was going to be doing was going to be in telling people it existed. Uh, and that's the biggest challenge when it comes to business is actually building a business that has a product that works, that does what you say it will, that people will understand that exists. And that's what I've been doing up till now. And, and it's great to talk to you about it because once again, I get the opportunity to tell people it exists. Yeah, which I think, you know, a lot of people, like you said earlier, now, in, in times that we're in, 
it's not just visually impaired or people in wheelchairs that will that will be open to you know using it. It'll be just going to cater everyone. Disabled people as well, Jamie, and we've actually we're building now a door that opens. So if you we're not building the door, but we're actually putting the hardware, the same hardware we put into the box, we're putting into a door. So if you were to approach a door using this technology. The disability access door would just open for you as you are approaching it. Huh. The phone would press the button for you. Now, that's useful for everybody. Nobody wants to hold a door these days. Nobody wants to. <laughs> no. It would be like, uh, like that, one of those scenes out of one of the Home Alone movies. <laughs> I think. Just <laughs> <a> door open. <laughs> yes. Yeah, hopefully one get hit with a tin of paint or something like that. <laughs> so, so that you say that the... Uh, uh, what do you want to call it? The traffic light oh, mechanism. Yeah, we call um, it. Okay, so what was, what was, uh, when did that kind of, when do you think that kind of first, you know, set off? I suppose, and when did you realise that this could be something more? Probably 2014, I think. I kind of, it was. I just wanted to. When I was going through that whole development process. I, I just didn't know it didn't exist. And it was when I found out that nobody in the world had ever done it. I was like, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? Yeah. And I just thought, well, if I do it, somebody has come along and say, brilliant, we'll do that now. And we'll take it off your hands. And, and away you go back to being a mobility instructor. But the truth was that nobody was doing it. And eventually it was like, well, if I don't do it, who's going to do it? So that that's ultimately what I did. But then I realized that no, it's like uh, there's a really famous thing that, uh, Henry Ford of Ford Motor Company said, if I'd asked people what they'd have wanted, they would have said faster horses. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't exist. People don't ask for it. It's not yeah. like in 1820 was saying, I wish I had a jet plane that took me to America. Nobody would have thought that that was even possible. Mm. Uh, so they weren't going to call for it. So nobody says, I want uh, my phone to press the button at crossings um, because they don't think they don't know it exists. Anyway, I, um, I then realized I had to come up with other ideas. But luckily, because I had all of this experience, I had plenty of other ideas for things that I could do. And the next thing was welcome, which was improving customer service. OK, so what, what, what's that? Uh, what, what did that entail? Um, so that, it came from an understanding that when you go into a shop, if you're disabled, there's a very good chance you're going to get um, one, one or another type of discrimination. Now, it could be. You're discriminated against because the person on the door stops you and says no dogs allowed or you can't have a dog in here or um, you know you're going to have to go and sit beside the toilet if you're in a wheelchair or or, no you're going to have to sit outside or whatever it might be there's discrimination but then there's low level discrimination as well which is you walk into a bank and the person standing behind the desk who's wearing a name badge doesn't introduce themselves if you're blind now you might think just because they're friendly, you've been given good customer service. But good customer service would be, hello there, my name's Michael, I'm the cashier here. That's good customer service because you now know it's Michael that you were speaking to. Now, when I walk in and I'm sighted, I can see Michael's name badge. So Michael doesn't have to introduce himself. But if he doesn't introduce himself to somebody who's blind, they don't know who they're talking to. That is discrimination. Um, But Michael doesn't know any better because Michael has never been trained to say that. And if he has been trained, he might have forgotten it. So I just thought, I wonder if there's a way of training staff based on my proximity to the building. 
So let's say a hearing impaired person is going to a building where they want the hearing loop turned on. And they know that they've been to that building 10 times in a row. And every time they've gone there, they've had to ask for it to be turned on when they've got to the reception. And that's been a nightmare because the person at reception may or may not know about the hearing loop. What if you could inform them that you wanted the hearing loop turned on purely by your approaching the building? Now, that's where I was like, wow, I could change how people interact with me before I walk through the door. And I could actually help if I used this system, which we came up with welcome, then I could actually train staff purely by my approaching the door if I want to. And um, so what we did, we, we brought out welcome in 2018. And that amazingly is the first proximity aware staff training device. In the world. Wow. Yeah, that is, that's, does that does that make you like? What, what does that make you you feel that you you've created the first of something that is is such like you know it's kind of small I suppose you could say but will make a quite oh, a big difference. Yeah, well, it's it, yeah, it's small, but as you say, it will make a big difference. The spending power of disabled people in the UK alone is about two hundred seventy four billion pounds a year. So. It, it might sound like a small thing, but it's it's actually potentially massive. It's eight trillion worldwide. It's every year. It's a lot of money. But how do you make me feel? I only ever feel frustrated. I never feel happy. Um, I came up with the idea, but the truth is that unless the idea gets put into practice, it means nothing to me. Mm. I have to be successful. If I had come up, if I, my job was to come up with ideas and then somebody just took my ideas from me, brilliant, boom. Yeah, boom. Yeah. Another idea, another idea. But my the trouble with this is that I have to come up with the idea and then make sure it is put into practice. And that means disabled people downloading the app and it means venues putting the system in, inside the business that they're in. So we've got about 60 venues currently um, where if you've got the app on your phone and you walk towards that building and you want them to know who you are, they will know purely by you approaching the building and they will know what you're coming for. They will know what you look like. They know how to interact with you. And they also get top tips on how they should interact based on how you set up your profile. So um, the, the, the truth is that when more people download it and I've got more businesses using it and more disabled people are getting better customer service, then I'll be a little bit happier. That will be when I relax a little bit. Interesting. Is it, are those, so those, those 60, 60 venues, is that across the UK? Yeah, the UK and Ireland currently. So just a snapshot. We've got 15 Royal Bank of Scotland. I think it's four NatWest Bank branches. We've got all the Northlink ferry terminals, Visit Scotland. We've got Doubletree Hilton, Diageo, uh, the drinks uh, manufacturers. Um, the, we've got uh, the likes of charity. Double, I say Doubletree Hilton. House of Fraser have got it installed. The Scottish Parliament, Scottish Government, Dundee Council, Stirling Council. And then we've got some charities using it as well. Charities like Guide Dogs for the Blind, RNIB, uh, have got it in, RNIB have got it installed in Judd Street in their offices in London. Uh, and, I've been there, yeah. and sadly it's closed currently. Um, but yeah, anybody wanting to use the app could visit there and people would know what they needed before they even walked through the door, which is incredibly useful if you, you then start explaining why you've turned up. Well, you'd walk through the door and they would go, hi, Jamie, it's me, Fred, uh, <laughs> to see Mark. I've just given Mark a call. Mark will be here in two minutes time. And they've done all that just by you walking through the door. That's yeah. cool. It's, it's incredible when you think about it. It's, and does it, being able to get those, 
like you said, you listed those, those banks and the RNIB and Guide Dogs and mm. other charities and, and companies. Is it, does it feel that, does it give you that bit of like, valid, valid, I can't speak the words, <laughs> the words escape me now. Validation, there we go. That yeah, valid, yeah. Bit of validation that yeah, the they're validation accepting. Yeah. yeah. It's been validated because when anybody's used it, they've gone, wow, that's changed my world. Mm. It's changed. Like, there's a lady in Glasgow who used it and she said, there's a video on YouTube of her. She goes into a bank. She, she's in a wheelchair, power chair. She hands her bank card to the person in the Royal Bank of Scotland. The person in the Royal Bank of Scotland says, hello, Kim, then interacts with the lady, Kim, and then hands the card back to Kim. Any other time that Kim had gone into the bank or any other shop, she'd handed the card and then they'd spoken to her carer who was with her and then handed the card to the carer and ignored wasn't even able to look her in the eye. And Kim suddenly was going into the bank using the app and people were talking to her and interacting with her. And she came out of the bank one day and she said to the uh, she said to her carer, she said, that was amazing. And the carer said, yeah, they didn't. They just ignored me. The normal <laughs> saying, no, it's not me. Talk to her. Um, yeah. So it, it totally changes the person's attitude. Now, there's a, a brilliant video. There's a chap called John Attenborough. who, yes. Yeah. John, John's done some really cool stuff online recently. He went into a Royal Bank of Scotland branch in Glasgow and then he did a video outside. And, and if there's a we'll, I'll give you a link later and hopefully there'll be a link somewhere that people could check out that video on Twitter. Uh, and that, he came out of the bank and he was just like, this is brilliant. I want everywhere to have this. And I think that's the bottom line here, Jamie. Um, where we install this is where people want to see it installed. In the app, people can request new venues. So just as an example, if a thousand people asked for it to be installed in, let's say, John Lewis or Ikea or Argos or something like that, it would get installed. Because that's a thousand people saying, if you install this, we'll spend more money in your shop. Mm, yeah, pretty much, yeah. It's just yeah. It's, it's something that they can – it's like – it's like anything with businesses these days. You, you know, implement this, and you, you're gonna the the positives are gonna considerably outweigh the negatives. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're gonna, you're gonna so at the end of the day, you're making your business more accessible, which yeah. you know, no one no one loses. Well, tomorrow is Purple Tuesday, uh, and or rather, this week is Purple Tuesday, and, and Purple Tuesday is all about how do people get better customer service. And if you give better customer service, you have happier customers who then become more loyal. Yeah. More customers spend money. Now, the, the business pays a monthly subscription for this service, which is well, it's probably about 30 to 40 pounds a month to have this installed in their business. Mm-hmm. Which you have, if it's a coffee shop, that's what, three people drinking coffee and having a Danish pastry. That's, yeah. it's nothing. But if you have a big shop, if it's a hotel, well, that could be one customer who's paying for the entire month to have this in. And what it does is it trains your staff how to give better customer service. It's a yeah. no-brainer, really. Yeah, and even to like banks and that, 30, 40 quid, just, just uh, change down the back of the sofa, isn't it? Well, <laughs> I'm going to go and check my sofa now. But, yeah, you're right. <laughs> if, if somebody decided that they were going to use Royal Bank of Scotland because they have this app, they might be taking their life savings from another bank to Royal Bank of Scotland. If that is, say they've got £40,000 in their bank account, say they're a retired person, they've got £40,000 in their bank, 
and they take that money to the Royal Bank of Scotland, well, that's one customer is going to pay for this quite easily. But if somebody's got yeah. with Royal Bank of Scotland, that pays for it. So it's mm. just it's just one person could pay for a branch to have this for a month just easily. So yeah, as you say, it's it's a bit of a it's a no brainer really. So going back to you said the one thousand people can request for a particular venue or establishment to have this. Is that is that the official number you have to have? No, 1, no, no, no. So a great example is House of Fraser. Um, it was a chap walked into House of Fraser, one blind guy walked into House of Fraser, stood there for five minutes. Nobody came to serve him and he walked out again. He then requested it. We contacted House of Fraser and they installed it. And that oh, was wow. one person. That, that, is, that is pretty. And, and you can just download this app in yeah. the box and do whatever. Exactly. Well, yeah. So it's called Welcome by Neatbox, and it's the use the same login for button as as welcome. So it's called Welcome by Neatbox, and you download. It's on Android and on Apple on iOS. Uh, you download the app, you set up a profile, and then you can go into um, I think it's Help or Settings, depending on if you're Android or iOS, and then you can click Request Venue. Once you've clicked Request Venue, you can request the venue you want you want to install that. And the more requests we get the easier it is for us when we go to that company to say, yeah, we've had 20 people request that you install this. Now, quite obviously, 20 would be enough. But yeah. you know those times where we've been asked to sign petitions and they've said we've taken a petition of 40,000 people to the government to say they need to improve whatever it might be. Well, imagine 40,000 disabled people all saying that Sainsbury's <laughs> need to install this. Sainsbury's would install it. Like, oh, yeah. So this is where... We can make people power directly affect the end result. Yeah, that, that, that is pretty incredible. I'm, I'm, I'm 100% going to get on that because that, that, you know, going back to the, what we were saying earlier, it's not just you know myself or you know anyone. It's you, you've, if if you say request your local bank to say in Coventry or I am to install this, you know, only thinking about yourself. And then say you, you advertise the app on social media. Some random person sees it who just happens to be disabled, downloads it, goes to that bank and realizes, oh wow, you know, before, before the day, the day before, they didn't even know this thing existed and yes, their well. experience in that bank has just yeah. you know, improved t- 10 times. 100%. Uh, and of course, they can use the venues that are already there, but they can also request new venues. So, yeah. The truth is that there's a there's a whole world of opportunity out there. But and this is key for me uh, because of my background was all about empowerment, independence uh, and choice. This is led by disabled folk. I don't want to lead this. I want people to tell me where they want it. I don't want to be the one that says, here's I'm like a charity giving you stuff uh, and you going, please, can I have more stuff? I'm going, where do you want stuff? Tell me where yeah. you want. I'll go there. Uh, and the more disabled, we've got, what, 13 million disabled people in the UK. It's probably the largest minority of people and the most powerful people in the UK. If all, or if the vast majority or as many as possible start getting involved in the actual solutions, not just pointing out where the problems are, then we can really change the planet. We, can, we really can. Yeah, that is, that, that is I'm, I'm a bit blown away by that, That's just the, the simplicity of it. But the, the, the just, the effects that it can have. <laughs> it's, 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 it's pretty incredible. So, 
obviously you you're sixty venues in, but hopefully that's you know that's the start of you know thousands that's over across yeah, the UK well, and Ireland. NatWest have got um fourteen hundred NatWest branches. Uh Royal Bank of Scotland got five hundred and sixty Royal Bank of Scotland branches. Northlink ferry terminals have got it in all of their Northlink ferry terminals. If you if you travel by ferry on anywhere in Scotland on the east coast, Orkney, Shetland, all these places, you are going to get the opportunity to use Welcome. But we've also got we've just signed up an optometrist in Durham, um, and then we signed one up in Newbury after that because they saw about it. We're just about to sign up. Fingers crossed, our first dentist in London, um, and we're going to be signing up. Um, we've got a coffee shop in Cumbria. That are joining us. Uh, we've got museums in Glasgow. We've just launched with our first shopping centre in Glasgow and our first hospital in Glasgow. So this is everywhere and anywhere. Yeah, and yeah, that, that is. Yeah, I'm 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 actually blown away by that. That's uh, that's it's crazy. So is that? I'm, I'm guessing that's not you're not stopping there when it comes to bringing up new ideas. Well, the truth is that these two ideas, Button and Welcome, are big enough. Um, Welcome doesn't exist in America. Mm. So the American market is ginormous. And because this is cross-sector, this can go into train stations, it can go into banks, it can go into betting offices, it can go into health centres, it can go into fitness centres. And we've just won funding from uh, Sport England to put it into 50 sports centres. So... Uh The truth is that it's absolutely massive. But within the app itself, we've just added in or we're just about to add in messaging. So you can actually communicate with the shop that you're going to before you get to it. So you have a two-way conversation uh, so that they know exactly what's going on and you know exactly what's going on. So we're going to add more and more to it. And the fact that it's the same app works in a train station, an airport, um, or Edinburgh Airport as well. Um, (laughs) It works in all of these different environments. You're not needing to have... 50 different apps for 50 different venues, you've got one yeah. that's going to help you get better service in every venue. Mm. No, that's, that's, I think that's key. That's, that, for me, even this, this just goes across anything. If you have to have multiple apps or multiple of anything to help you in, in multiple different ways, it kind of puts you off. Because you're like, hang on, I'm here, yeah. so what, what do I need to help me here? Well, I can't remember now. But that one space you can go to, and that unlocks doors to multiple places. It yeah. makes probably makes a big difference and entices more people. Well, nobody wants to have. Um, if, if if you're going to a shop, if you're going to a supermarket, and you've got close by, you've got a Tesco, um, a, a Tesco store that you can go into all the time, and then a little bit further away, you've got Morrison's and a Safeway or a Sainsbury's, and you want you go right. I want to be able to go into all of them, but then you've mm. got. Three apps. <laughs> well, what if you've got one app that helps you with all of them? Yeah. Or helps you with that better customer service when you arrive. And I think that's key here is, especially now, especially now, Jamie, we're in a situation where people are anxious about going to places. If you know that when you get there, the person who meets you at the door knows your name and how best to interact with you and knows about social distancing and offers you hand sanitizer and already knows your shopping list if you want them to know it, already knows to ignore you if you want to be ignored, if you know that they know that, you're going to be more comfortable going there. Hundred mm, percent. So, with what? Um, how does you should probably go more into how it works again? How does the uh, person in the in the whether it's a bank branch or shop, how are they alerted that this particular person is about to enter? 
That's a great question. So when the person gets within a certain distance of the building, well, when they when they book the visit, when they say they're going, because uh, you have to say you're going to the building. Um, okay. When they say they're going, they get a message which pops up on their computer screen. When you get nearby, uh, so like a geofence they put around the building, when you get within 300 meters, they get a message to say that you're nearby. And that message comes through via um, an automated phone call to say that person's nearby, but also they get a text message and an email to say that, a, that you need to check the system because a person who says that they're coming is just has just popped up on your screen. Mm. When they look at the screen and it says Gavin's arriving, Gavin has a visual impairment um, or arthritis or whatever it might be. Gavin um, requires a seat on arrival and here's his shopping list. But here's an overview of what it is to have arthritis. And here are top tips on how you could help Gavin. And the overview and the top tips have been given to us by the charity that represents that particular condition. So if it's autism, then it would be um, Scottish Autism given us the information on how to interact with an autistic person. Mm. And then those tips are handed on to the customer service team. So, yeah, so it's all kind of, it's not just you, it's you the particular establishment, the charity, and it's, it's all kind of, and obviously the person is using it, so it's all kind of connected and you know, benefits everyone, you know. Yeah, exactly. Not, not yeah. only are you making it, making those visits more accessible for that person, but you're then also making the people that work in those establishments more aware of all these different disabilities and, and everything around it. That, that's exactly it, Jamie. 75% of disabled people have got hidden disabilities, and it's impossible for a staff member to take that into consideration unless somebody self-declares. Now, the only solution we've got right now is the sunflower lanyard, but that doesn't yeah. say how best to interact with somebody. Now, if somebody has, well, two different conditions that might need you to act in a totally different way. Mm. Um, so an autistic person might be not wanting to be approached Whereas somebody who's maybe got a problem with dyslexia might want you to approach. Yeah. Have hidden disabilities. And the sunflower lanyard might say hidden disability, but doesn't actually help the staff member. What we want to do is we want to make the staff member feel more comfortable about approaching if that's what the person wants them to do. Mm. Or feel yeah, I, was, approaching. I, was, I was just thinking that if I was, say, if I was to use that, if I was to download, I'd go into a bank, for example. I was sure I'm completely blind, but then also, uh, my hearing's better on my left side, so if I was, I could just put something in there like approach me, coming, you know, if they're coming at me, then approach me to my to your right, and I, if it, if I was by myself, then they'd be able to do that, and I'd most likely notice them. And obviously, especially with visually impairment and blind, I think something that's important to me is if someone's approaching you, them saying your name uh, makes a lot of difference. Because some people go, "Are you okay?" I'm like. Uh, you know, you, 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 you almost seem like you're being rude and you're ignoring them, but you're not. You just don't know that they're asking you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's a scope did this campaign a couple of years back called End the Awkward, uh, hashtag End the Awkward. And it was all about um, staff members feeling so awkward that they wouldn't even approach somebody. <clears throat> and that that is just as much a barrier as anything else. But I think yeah. all everybody thinks about accessibility is as physical, like how wide is the door, is there a ramp, is there a lift, is there a toilet, a changing places toilet or an accessible places, an accessible toilet, um, is there a low counter, is there whatever it might be, something physical. Whereas, yeah. of course, access is just as much and sometimes more about social 
And we're expecting a lot from the 19 year old in their first job on the door or maybe behind the counter in a coffee shop. We're expecting a lot from them. Mm. Recognize disability and to know how to interact. And we want to help them give better customer service. And lo and behold, if we give them help in giving customer service, maybe some of them will stay in that job longer. Maybe some will want to become managers. Maybe some will want promotion. Maybe some might just see that as a future career. Whereas right now, people get into customer service and they go, oh, I'll do it for a season before I do something else. But we want to encourage people to stay in those jobs so yeah. they can see it as a career. It's like, it's like I said earlier, you're not, it's not only the, the actual job that you're doing, you're, you're, brought, you're making your awareness, you know, greater. And, you know, if, if you do decide to go into a different career and you, you come across a disabled person, then from previous experiences, you know how to then approach and, you know, communicate with that particular person. So yeah, it's just, it's yeah, just yeah. endless, endless possibility, you know. Yeah, exactly. Endless possibilities, really. There's something to add to this: is that if you were using it, so Jamie, let's say you walk through the door, and you're, are you a long cane user? Um, I think uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So Sometimes. <laughs> simple cane or long cane, and you walk through the door, and the person goes, right, okay, Jamie's using welcome. I know how to interact with Jamie. The next person to come through the door, whether they're using welcome or not, is going to get better customer service because yeah. the person who met you has learned how best to do it through looking at this system. So the next people that come through the door who have a long cane or a guide dog or a symbol cane will get better customer service because the staff member has had a raised awareness because of this system. So it's not, you don't have to be using the app to get better service, but if somebody uses it, you will get better service. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's one of those things, isn't it? It's like, there's no, there is no negative to it. Absolutely zero. And it's, it's just, it just, it will just make waves you know, it's, and you never know, you might have branches that, you know, people at the top saying, oh, yeah, we've got this, we've got this uh, feature that has been built into our branch and it's making our, it's improving our customer service and we're getting more low customers. They then might pass that on to a different company or branch altogether. Yeah. And then that one might then want to contact you and say, we want this. That's the more that happens, but we can force them as well. We can force them by, with our, with our wallets and purses. We can tell them where we're going to spend our money. And we're not yeah. going to spend our money unless their customer service improves. Uh, sadly, right now, everybody's customer service is pretty much it's not that good. Uh, and yeah. even if they think it's good, we then tell them that they've got good customer service. And then they sit back and rest on their laurels. But the truth is that as soon as that staff member leaves, the customer service is as good as the new staff member. Mm-hmm. Well, that takes us back to square one again. Um, so we go, oh, I had great customer service at Tesco last week, but I guarantee you, you're not going to meet the same person over and over and over again. And sooner or later, that person is going to leave. And what if you no. want to get You want choice. Um, this is about choice at the end of the day. It's not yeah. just about, I know I'm comfortable going to that shop, therefore I'm only ever going to go to that shop. I want people to say, I can go to any shop. Mm. And I've, I've, that's, that's come up in a, in a lot of the conversations that I've had with um, and experiences with uh, different vision impaired and blind people, that conversation around choice and being able to kind of lay out more than one thing in front of you and be able to say, mm, what do I fancy today? I fancy that one. Not, oh, I have to go to that one because they're the only ones that can help me. So it's, I think it, it comes up in all, in all walks of life. Yeah, it's hardly surprising that 
um, disabled and elderly people will go to shops that they feel comfortable going to. Mm. And, and that's absolutely great. But let's say that shop changes hands or the staff member changes. You're now not comfortable going to that shop. And then you have to either start from scratch again or you have to find somewhere else or just stop going to that shop. And mm. that's what's happening. And we're living in a country now where we have the pandemic. But even before that pandemic, one of the uh, epidemics that we had was loneliness. And we need to try and find ways to get people out of loneliness, to improve social interactions. And if we if we can use welcome to do that, my God, that would be amazing. Yeah, 100%. So obviously we've, we've mentioned it a couple of times. It's kind of hard not to mention the pandemic. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, pandemic, yeah. <laughs> what what is what is that is that put a halt to building Neatbox or have you just kind of went full steam ahead uh, it full steam ahead really because we've got a solution for the two solutions for the pandemic we can press buttons without needing to press them physically we yeah. can provide better customer service in shops without having to get into a queue or if you're in the queue the person who's at the front of the queue the person who's controlling the queue knows there's somebody in the queue with a disability so we can help that. We actually offered welcome to all supermarkets for free. Um, and we didn't get one supermarket saying yes, which just, yeah. so I was crazy mad. I was like, I wanted to go outside and scream. guys, <laughs> We can't just leave it to them to decide what they're going to give you. We actually mm. have to tell them what we want. Yeah, that, that is, that's crazy, isn't it? Especially that, that when you mentioned in queues and shops just then, that, that makes, gives me a thought that, you know, you, you have all these crazy long queues and people in there might have arthritis, they might have a guy that might be in a wheelchair and that is waiting there and having to do, you know, follow everyone. Yeah. When, you know, that, that person might yeah. be aching quite badly, whereas if you had that app on that, that system installed, that person at the front of the queue who's ushering everyone in can be like, I oh, know there's someone in this queue with a disability, let me go and find them and see if, what they need and if they want any assistance. There are so many uses for it, Jamie, you totally get it. Um, it is so crazy that somebody didn't install it. But we've got a shopping centre just recently that installed it in um, it the Forge Shopping Centre in uh, Parktick, well, uh, east, east end of Glasgow. They installed it and we've got the, the Golden Jubilee Hospital that installed it as well. They're trialling it just now. Um, yeah. So we are making... Um, steps forward but it's so slow uh, I just can only hope that people that are listening to this show will just go do you know what see see it the way that you've seen it and go guys come on let's do this yeah I'm, I'm definitely gonna get on the uh, what's the word the PR bandwagon you're in London you're Covent Garden aren't you uh, no I'm, I'm Coventry Oh, Coventry, sorry, I thought you said Coventry. Yeah. But, um, so Coventry, no, we've not really got anywhere in Coventry, but that's a great opportunity for you to ask for them. But yeah. we've got listeners all over the country, and, and if people download the app, they're going to see places that either, they're going to have places close to them that they could visit, or they're not going to, and they're going to want places. Mm. And, they, and even if it's somewhere that they wouldn't visit, so let's just say they bank with, I don't know, Santander, and they've got uh, a NatWest nearby, or just go to the NatWest to test it. You don't even need to be a member at that branch. Just test it and then say to them, I'm just testing this app. Uh, they'll love you for coming in and saying that you're testing the app. But it also gives you a chance to then say, I've used it. 
and I know that what it can do, and I want it in Santander, or I want it in my local health centre, or I want it in my local fitness centre, or my whatever it might be, coffee shop. Yeah, yeah, that that is pretty incredible. I'm definitely gonna. That's that's another along with my uh my alt text campaign <laughs> <laughs> that I'm currently on. Uh, that I'm gonna I'm gonna take up as another one, I think. Yeah, um, well, alt text is so important, and so few people yeah. as well. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm pushing it in the uh, in the football world. That's what I'm doing at yeah, the moment. Good. Yeah, good. That's because the football world is is photograph, 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 and yeah. the old text behind that requires people to not just go a footballer kicking a ball. Yeah, it is this person. They're off the ground, both feet are in the air. They're doing a bicycle kick. Uh, they've got their hand on the shoulder of such and such a person, and that's descriptive. That's what you miss out. Yeah. Anybody that follows us on social media, whenever I do an alt text, because you get loads of characters for alt text uh, on Twitter, yeah. I put in loads of information, <laughs> jokes, and I'll put in – anybody follow me on, on Twitter because um, I, I put a lot of extra work into my uh, alt text and put in loads of information. Uh, mm-hmm. have a conversation with people on alt text. Uh, yeah. I think it's a really cool secret way of communicating. <laughs> that's, that's what I spoke to. And I did a podcast a few weeks back with uh, one of my friends off Twitter who's blind, and he says that it's like a little secret language that yeah. only only people that are adding it, and then the blind people <laughs> know what's being said. And, you go uh, 140 characters for Twitter, thousand. <laughs> 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 and I think I'm, I've so far, I'm, my friend has managed to get Arsenal, and I've managed to get uh, Tottenham and Coventry City sporadic. Uh, Sparsely, not in every post, but you know, yeah, that's got to start somewhere. Yeah, no, that's fantastic, and and I think that there are so many things that we can do, and I've noticed over the last, definitely over the last year, but even before that, over the last couple of years, that more and more disabled people are actually being the ones that initiate the change. Mm. Where we used to rely on the charities to initiate the change. I think people have realized that that's a very slow process. And charities aren't really set up to initiate change. They're set up to provide services. They're not particularly brilliant at, they can campaign and they might get success in the campaign. But generally speaking, that's a campaign where they've got 40,000 signatures or something like this, or 100,000 signatures. And you look at brilliant campaigns like End end Pavement Parking, they'll get Talked about, they'll get it into the, the the public attention, but we're still waiting for a pavement parking to be ended. Yeah, it doesn't necessarily re- lead to the solution being put into practice. Whereas I think the and you just look at people like Blind Dad UK, Amit Patel. You look at Jonathan Attenborough. You look at Sassy Wyatt, Molly Watt. Uh, these are all people that are out there doing amazing things, and they they have thousands of followers. Um, Jonathan is up to 8,000 followers now, and he only really started Twitter last year, the start of last year, if that. Uh, so these are people that are actually changing society, and I think that's a massive change. And I'm sure your podcast getting out there is reaching so many more people, and you will eventually change more and more football guys to be putting old text. And, yeah. yeah, this is how we change society. 100%, yeah. So what... I know it's probably a bit of a broad question, but have you got, um, apart from growing, obviously, uh, Button and Welcome to, you know, spreading across the country and beyond, have you got any other 
uh, you know, plans or anything in the pipework that you're hoping to kind of get out of there soon? <laughs> well, I think it's mainly welcome and button. Uh, what we need is more. We need more pedestrian crossings installing button. Uh, yeah. We need more. We're adding more features to welcome. So we're adding venues, uh, obviously, and we're we're growing our list of users of the app. But within the app itself, we're adding more and more features. I love the idea in the future one day, and we can't do this yet because we can't afford it. It's uh, it's challenging to do this. I love the idea of you're going to a coffee shop but you've already paid for your coffee before you get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you take a seat, somebody brings you your coffee, and it's already been paid for. Mm. You don't even have to queue. Uh, you can just pick your favourite seat because they know you're coming. Uh, I love that idea. I also love the idea of being able to turn around to your um, Alexa. Ooh, don't say it, Kevin. Oh, she's going to talk to me now. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, were, I would like to book a visit at the hairdressers. But just by booking the visit at the hairdressers, you've also trained the people at the hairdresser to interact, how to interact with you when you arrive. So mm-hmm. that's AI. Um, so there's plenty that we can do within Welcome that is going to totally change how we interact or how the world interacts with us. So I, I see there's, there's enough in there for me to be just getting bigger and bigger and, and wider and wider and more well-known. Definitely. And with, on quick one on, on Button. How can... Um, is there a way of, I'm guessing it's down to the, the local councils to install that kind of stuff? Yeah, is yeah that right? right. So the local council installs it, but it uses a similar, uh, well, it's the same really as welcome. If you download button by Neatbox, you can request venues. So you go to the okay. and you just request where the venue. We then get a message to say 15 people have requested the A crossing in, I don't know, Western Supermare is looked at. Uh, and the more people that request, the more chance we have of installing it. But of course, if the person also contacts their council and says, I've got a problem with a particular crossing, I want you to have a look at welcome by, oh, sorry, button by Neatbox, that will then prompt the council to then talk to us. Mm. So it's like this, if we attack them and they attack them, <laughs> and it's not attack, because the truth is that we work with councils, we work yeah. with Ayrshire Council and they installed it because they saw the advantages. Um, but uh, Craig Happel, who's a guide dog owner in Irvine, two years ago said, I want it in Irvine, uh, or in Irvine and North Ayrshire. And then that set the ball rolling. Uh, so it was like uh, collaboration between all of us to actually get it to happen. Yeah, that is. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping people that are listening, because I know I've got quite a few people on Twitter that are obviously vision impaired and blind like myself. And, I'm, and some of them are fairly new to the whole that, that, the blind world, I suppose you call it, and I think they uh, they value a lot of this stuff. Um, and then I think they'll, like me, they'll realise how much of a positive and yeah. how much it will impact just their general day-to-day life. Well, if, if a single person who listened to this downloaded the app and started using it and requesting it, then we'll make massive inroads. But likewise, there'll be people who are listening to this who are going, nah, I don't really, or what if it does this, or I wonder what that does, or I don't agree with this, or I wouldn't want that. If they contact me directly, I'll answer their question personally. Um, that's a big company that I wouldn't do that. I want to always maintain contact with the users. And I'm a guide dog mobility instructor, really. I trained, yeah. did it for so long. Everything about what I do is not, I'm a technologist who wants to make money. I'm a guy who the only reason to make money in this company is so that the company can get bigger and grow and help more people. Um, yeah. I need to get a wage, obviously, as I need to pay the people who work for the company. But that's all paid for by the businesses who are getting more people. 
So if anybody wants to contact me, they can just contact me at hello at neatbox.com. Hello at N-E-A-T-E-B-O-X dot com. And then I'll just write back to them. And I can answer those difficult questions. I'm more than happy to answer those questions as well. And maybe even change what we do to suit more people. Mm. And if, uh, if, if people want to uh, find yourself or Neatbox itself on, on any social media or website, you know, where can they, uh, where so can they go? Neatbox.com is the website and you'll find button and welcome there. Uh, people can find me on LinkedIn as well. If they're members on LinkedIn, they can find me on Gavin Neat, N-E-A-T-E. Uh, and they can follow us on Twitter at Neatbox or at Gavin Neat if they want to follow me. Um, and that's it, really. If they just get in touch and I promise you, I'll get back to them mm-hmm. uh, and talk about what we're doing. And also, you can, oh, yeah, I'm guessing you know, we have to type it on the App Store on Android and iOS is Welcome by Neatbox and Button by Neatbox. You got it, Jamie. I think I've said it enough times. <laughs> I'm, de- I'm even, even though I'm not a massive uh, going out person at the moment, I'm definitely going to, going to get on that and see see what's uh, see what's possible. I yeah, think. you're like many people, Jamie, who you say you're not a massive going out person. I want you to feel less anxious when you do decide to go out. Yeah. Uh, and you can build up that if you go right the first place I'm going to I know they use welcome I know when I get to the door they're going to know who I am even though they've never met me before then I'm going to feel less anxious and I'm going to enjoy it mm-hmm. 100% so I think I think we've covered uh, everything because I think the main reason we got you on is because I wanted a different perspective on vision impairment and blindness and really disability as a whole and I think it's just a big plus that you know you've got this this, this business this this you know whatever you want to call it, that, you know, needs to be heard by so many more people, really. Um, and I think even my followers on Twitter and that who aren't disabled in any way, you know, just, just, just you know, don't experience any of those problems. Yeah. I'd like to think a lot of them be like, you know, that's, that is, that, that I can see how that would benefit yeah. loads well, of people. Jamie, the truth is that um, everybody on this planet at some point in their life is going to be disabled. Mm. They're going to be disabled, and has been. Uh, they've been. Dis- the word disabled is all about whether you can do something that you would like to do or that you should be able to do, uh, and that's the meaning of the word disabled. I've been disabled by lack of stairs, but I, I, <laughs> I've been disabled by a poor education. I've been disabled by um, other people's lack of understanding about my religious need or understanding my sexuality or understanding that that's. That's a disablement in itself. Yes, we've got medical model of disability and social model of disability. But disablement is is about not being able to do something you want to do. And everybody out there, whether they are currently medical model of disability, have, have a disability or not, they are somebody who is going to need support sooner in their life. Everybody becomes disabled at some point. Yeah, and, and I suppose things being in place for them is only going to make it easier for that person and they don't have to, you know, send that one email or contact that person because it's, it's already there. Yeah, pretty exactly. much. Exactly. So, yeah, I mean, covered everything, I think, and hopefully people have, uh, people have listened and, and took them and I expect everyone to be now going on to the app stores. People power. It's the only way we can change yeah. We just expect MPs to change it for us. It's not going to work. If we expect charities to change it for us, it's not going to work. And if we if we just expect one person to change the world, that's really challenging. But 
It starts somewhere. I just had the idea, but I had the idea because of all those disabled people that told me they needed something better. And the idea comes from, but this is other people's company. They can decide how they want to change the world and we can do it Mm. and work together to do it. Definitely. Yeah. So yeah, thank you for, thank you for coming on my podcast and getting the word out there basically. I've uh, I've enjoyed it and it's been, I've, 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 uh, I've been in, I suppose you could call it. Um, that's, that's everything I could possibly want to hear. It's been a real pleasure talking to you and I, I wish you all the best with the podcast. I hope it grows and grows and grows. Thank you. I'm, uh, I'm slowly getting there. <laughs> so, uh, it's, it's all work. It's not much like yourself, I suppose. It's sort of, sort of work, a slow work in progress, I suppose. And it, you, you've got to start somewhere to get somewhere, really. So, yeah, um, I'll be sharing it with all my all my followers on, on Facebook and everywhere else. And that's so great. Thank you. So, so yeah, thank you to yourself for coming on. Thank you to everyone else for listening, and I'll catch you very soon. And there we go. <laughs> great stuff, Jamie. Really good, mate. Uh, yeah. Really so, yeah, I just I wasn't. Uh, I mean, I've, I've I'd had a, a flick through the website and that. I don't think I've really read properly because, <laughs> I'm, I'm, especially that that um, that that welcome thing. I'm, I'm actually that's I'm actually blown away by that. That's yeah. It's uh it's, it's mad how no one thought you know. I suppose obviously now technology is getting smarter by the day, so that helps. But yeah, it's uh, it's pretty incredible to what what it's capable of now. Uh, the the thing is. Good ideas only, they don't come up, totally innovative ideas, they don't come along very often. But you can tell a really good idea when you go, does that not exist already? And yeah. if it exists, why doesn't it exist? The, the challenge for me is to get, spread the word, which is why I'm more than happy to do, uh, to do interviews and podcasts and all that kind of stuff, because it gets mm-hmm. the word out there. 100%, yeah. So, uh, well, I need to have a look at my, uh, schedule. I say that as if I'm like, mega busy when I'm not <laughs> um, and see when this uh, this podcast can go I'll, I'll try and get out as, uh, as soon as possible because obviously well, the, one, the quicker the word gets out the quicker the word gets out there the better yeah, so, and, and tomorrow's Purple Tuesday which is customer service day hashtag yeah. Tuesday. so um, if you put in a hashtag Purple Tuesday on it uh, then it will definitely get out and, and um, put in uh, or if you're doing Twitter or whatever put, put in at Neatbox and then I'll retweet it and get it out yeah yeah, that's what you I usually tag in whoever the podcast is with or yeah. what have you and and uh and yeah, so I I'll uh, I'll get on that over on this there we go. So yeah, cheers for cheers for coming on anyway. I'll I'll, I'll let you know when uh when it when it goes up and everything. Stay fit and healthy, stay safe and um, yeah. hope we get through this next you'll be probably locked down now, but um good luck. Mm. Good luck, mate, good luck. Yeah, you too as well. And, yeah. Cheers, Jamie. Bye for yeah. Bye.